This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Is it boisterous? I meant to say boisterous. I thought I said boisterous for a second there. It sounded like boisterous. Yeah. It's weird. It's not a word. No, it's not. No. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, all of a sudden I'm a nitpicker in my own English. Yeah, I need you to be better, though, Carlin. Stop fat-handing everything. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, listen, there are a couple things at work here. Number one, first up, and this just came over from Jeremy Fowler, uh, according to sources, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, uh, no major uh, more damage done for Patrick Mahomes and his high ankle sprain at this point. No major setbacks with it going into the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. Now, we all know that Patrick Mahomes is going to play. It's just, what does that look like two weeks from now? Um, That's not even an issue to begin with. Number two, as we were talking about the Cowboys, as we're talking about the 49ers and where they're headed now, at least the the 49ers are with their quarterback situation, this is interesting. The salary cap for this coming year was set today by uh, owners that let the Players Association know is the number 222? Is that 224. It? 224. I think it's up from 202. So it's up. Yeah. And so it's up. Uh, I can't do any math there. So what, 20 million? 22 yeah, million? Something, something like that. that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it ends up being like 16%, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, I mean, watching what we saw yesterday, what became abundantly clear is that you have the best two quarterbacks meeting. In Super Bowl 57. What I'm really fascinated by, though, in addition to that, and we're going to be talking about that a lot for the next couple of weeks, the two head coaches. You have Andy Reid, who I think universally is regarded as a top two or three coach in the league, uh, if not at times the best coach in the league aside from Belichick. And Belichick, I don't know if you want to take anything away from the last couple of years, but certainly... It hasn't helped that he hasn't done much without Tom Brady. Yeah. But Andy Reid is right there, and Nick Sirianni is one of these young coaches who you are seeing the trend of, something that Canty pointed out a couple of weeks ago. You are seeing these coaches make Super Bowls in their second and third years in the league and the impact that they are having on their team. Am I crazy to suggest that even though Andy Reid is a terrific coach that this is not a lopsided coaching matchup. When you see what happened yesterday with Sirianni and the adjustments that that team made when they needed to. Sal Pell was on with us last hour. He's talking about all the adjustments they made up front in the run game with him and with Jeff Scoutland, their offensive line coach. Everything they did to move the football and rush for 148 yards against the best rush defense in the league I mean, at some point, we have to acknowledge what a great job Nick Sirianni has done and, frankly, making the playoffs in his first year and getting to the Super Bowl in his second. I'm not going to say he's Andy Reid yet, but as far as the matchup, I don't think it's lopsided. Well, here's what I'll say. I think Nick Sirianni is showing it's not too big for him, Carlin, and one of the more underrated decisions or moves that he's been making the last couple of games is what he's done at the end of the first half. I mean, both against the Giants and against the San Francisco 49ers after they score a touchdown with timeouts in his back pocket. He lines his offense up to go for two and tries to get the defense to jump off sides to cut it to half the distance and then create a more favorable situation for his offense to try to convert the two-point conversion. And so 
He, it didn't work out for him yesterday because they had a penalty and ultimately ended, ended up settling for the field goal. But it's the little nuances, those little adjustments and uh, the intricacies of being a coach in the National Football League and making sure you coach every single play. I think that's what separates him from a lot of other young coaches that have not had the success early on in their tenures like we've seen from him. So, yeah, it's an interesting trend to follow since 2015 – We've seen coaches within their first three seasons with a new team take them to the Super Bowl. 2015, we saw Gary Kubiak. 2016, we saw Dan Quinn. 2017, we saw Doug Peterson. 2018, Sean McVay. 2019, Kyle Shanahan. 2020, Bruce Arians. 2021, we saw Zach Taylor do it. And then this year, we're seeing Nick Sirianni do it. So it's been pretty impressive for this young string of coaches and mostly offensive-minded coaches being able to do this. Carlin, but I think it just shows you that if you have a functional franchise and you support the head coach properly, that you can have success. You can get things turned around fairly quickly in the NFL. And there's one thing that a lot of us don't remember. The Eagles started last year 2-5. and 2-5. and five. Yeah. And then they turned it around. Sirianni wasn't calling the plays, and they turned it into a run-first football team. And all of a sudden, the rest of the way, they became the best rushing team in the NFL – and this season they've taken another major step forward. Well, I think they've built off of that, right, Carlin? Yep. They had to form some type of identity with their new head coach and their new starting quarterback. And they, they formed it around the running game, the zone read, and RPO. And then Jalen Hurts took it upon himself to improve as a downfield passer. They supplemented that with trading for A.J. Brown. And now all of a sudden you have the most dynamic offense in the entire NFL. So this is an organizational success, not only with Jalen Hurts panning out to be your franchise quarterback, but Nick Sirianni looking like the coach that's going to be there for the next decade plus. So I think this is, this is, uh, I mean, it's, it's something that we're seeing with a lot of functional franchises now, Carlin, and I think this is going to be the way of the NFL. I look at what the Philadelphia Eagles have done, what the Cincinnati Bengals have done, what the San Francisco 49ers have done, and you realize it doesn't take that long to figure out whether or not you got a head coach. Here's Sirianni on how this team has turned it around since last year. When you think about the present and only about the present, you don't think about what's going to happen two years down the road. You don't. You, you literally say, and I think that was the biggest lesson of being two and five is, hey, we got a big hole to climb out of. And if I look at this mountain and I say to myself, I got to climb this mountain, um, it's going to be a big chance. It's going to it's going to feel like a too too much of a task. But if I look at that mountain that we that we were in and say, we just got to climb this part today, and we got to climb this part tomorrow, we got to climb this. You don't think about. It. You just think about the part you climbed today. I think that's what that teaches you. And so you don't think about what could happen two years down the road. You just put the work in, right? You just put the work in each time, um, over and over and over again. And that's and this and you know what? Sometimes you get the result, and sometimes you don't. I'm just happy we got the result of where we are right now because the guys have just, you know, put their head down and worked day by day. And uh, and now we're in this spot, and and we're gonna go and uh, give it our best shot here uh, in a couple weeks. So you get Andy Reid on the other side, and we see what effect he has had. On Mahomes, Eric Bieniemy in that mix too. But Chris, when I look at Andy Reid going up against his former team, this is so so interesting. In that that city has such a complex feeling about Andy Reid because you can't argue with the level of success that they had under him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they didn't win it. They didn't get over the hump. 
And a few years ago, when Andy Reid finally did get over the hump, there were mixed feelings there, too. That's great. You got over and feel good for you. But at the same time, you didn't do it here. And now they are going to face against they're going to face off against this guy that they would love nothing better to do than to bury him in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and, and that's going to be the interesting part about it. I mean, listen, to have the opportunity for Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni to establish this new chapter in Eagles history by beating Andy Reid, the most winningest head coach in the franchise's history, I think that's saying a lot, Carlin. Uh, but but ultimately, this this game is going to come down to the guys on the field, and namely the quarterbacks. They're going to have the most to say about it, and I think it'll be interesting in terms of how we view Jalen Hurts based on the performance that he's able to have in Super Bowl 57. Because if he goes head-to-head against Pat Mahomes after what we just saw from Mahomes and he wins, then all of a sudden we start to look at Jalen Hurts as being a top-five quarterback in the National Football League. And right now there are a lot of people that are skeptical that he's that caliber of player. And they shouldn't be. And they'll learn. They'll learn. You'll see. Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. And with that in mind, a little bit of breaking news coming in from our guy Jeremy Fowler as well. According to sources, ESPN NFL reporter Jeremy Fowler says, the Chiefs are hopeful that Juju Smith-Schuster... Nicole Hardman and Kadarius Tony will all be healed by Super Bowl 57, but they're continuing to monitor. We saw what happened yesterday when they lost all three of those receivers, and clearly they are a much better team with those guys on the field, and, and Mahomes was able to carry that team through because of his incredible ability. Yeah, If you have those three guys back, you would think that it would even up this matchup. Chris, this game is not going to be close. (laughs) The Philadelphia Eagles are going to win this game by a minimum of two touchdowns. And the reason I say that, the reason I say that. That is lofty. It's lofty. But can you tell me that the Eagles do not have a better one through 53 in terms of their roster in this game? No, no, no. Can you tell me? That there are decided advantages at positions that will be crucial in this game. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Jalen Hurts is better than Patrick Mahomes, but one guy was first-team All-Pro and one guy was second-team All-Pro. Mm-hmm. And that was not a massive difference with the season that Jalen Hurts had. We have the two best quarterbacks in the league from this season meeting up this week. We have... The two best coaches in the league from this season, except for maybe Brian Dable with the job that he did, but these two should be right there as well. And when I look at the Eagles, it's not just about one or two dominant units, which they have. It's about being good on every level on both sides of the ball and being exceptionally healthy on every level at both sides of the ball. I expect the Eagles to have no trouble putting up 27 to 34 points in this game and winning a game somewhere along the lines of 31-17. That's just my initial thought, but I don't think the Chiefs 
They're going to be limping around all over the place. And I think they had their Super Bowl yesterday. Well, Carlin, Jalen Hurts hadn't been healthy in nearly two months. And over the last two games, the Eagles offense put up 69 points. Yeah. And and they put up 31 against the best defense in the NFL. And Jalen Hurts didn't play his best game. I mean, just think about that. So, yeah, I, I don't expect that this Chiefs defense is going to be able to find ways to hold – the Eagles down. I, I do think that Spags is a great big game defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. So he'll have some wrinkles that that give the Eagles offense a little bit of trouble. But Nick Sirianni has shown the ability to be able to adjust. And like I said, one of the the best attributes or characteristics of this coaching staff is that they coach every single play, every single situation. And that's what's gotten the Eagles to this point. That's what had them on track to have the best record in the National Football League in a regular season. So I just think when it comes to these two teams, from a talent standpoint on the field, it's not close. The Eagles have a better offensive line. The Eagles have a better defensive line. They have a better linebacking core. They have a better secondary. They have a better skill position core. The only advantages that I would say Kansas City has, and it's by the the slightest of margins, is with the quarterback and with the head coach. That's where we're at. But those are not massive Gaping holes. They are not. They, they one. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that one's not better than the other in each case. Well, yeah. Okay? Pat, Pat Mahomes is better than Jalen Hurts. Yes. Pat Mahomes. Yes. Pat Mahomes is in a different like. He's in a different category by himself. Yes. Yeah. But Jalen, like we have talked about, Chris. Yeah. There's category one, and that was Mahomes and Burrow last week. Yeah. And at the top of category two was Jalen Hurts. He's right there. He's right there. So J- Jalen Hurts is a top three, four quarterback in the National Football League. And, and, but here's another thing that I, I think that people won't be paying attention to the next two weeks. What's that? That's going to be a big factor. Think about how they spoke after the game about how annoyed they were about the Burrowhead thing, about the fact that the Bengals had beaten them three games in a row, mm-hmm. about how uh, they were basically being owned by that team across the field. And how you're watching the Chiefs, not just Mahomes, how you're watching the Chiefs expend everything they possibly have yesterday, I think they could go into that game a little beat up and shot. Emotionally, mentally, physically. I could absolutely see that being the case, and I could see the Eagles just going to town. Well, here's why I say I can can also see this thing being one-sided early. It's because of how physical the Eagles are. Yeah. That's going to be a shock to the system for the Kansas City Chiefs. They have to endure that early wave of physicality. And, and just we've seen the Eagles be one of the best first-half teams in the National Football League. I think they had the number one first-half scoring differential think, of any team in the National Football League mistaken, on the season. they were averaging 20 points per first half. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So they have the biggest first-half scoring differential in the NFL. The Chiefs are not known to getting out to hot starts, Carlin. Now, I will say this. Because you have Pat Mahomes, you're never out of a game. It's like the Golden State Warriors. You're never out of a game. Mm -hmm. Pat Mahomes can always shoot you back into the game. Mm -hmm. So there will always be that threat. But I do think this, the complexion of the game is going to be the challenge for the Chiefs because the Eagles score a lot early. They usually throw the score, and they run the win. And I don't know if the Chiefs' defense is built to stop how the Philadelphia Eagles grind out wins with their run games in the second half of games. So I think that's what it will ultimately come down to. Andy Reid and their coaching staff can't let this be a one-sided affair early because if they do, I, I struggle to see how 
Pat Mahomes can even get you back in this one. The Eagles, just remember this, will not have to blitz Patrick Mahomes. They will not have to no, blitz they won't. Patrick Mahomes. No. Chris, how did it go in the two Super Bowls that the Giants beat the uh, New England Patriots in? Four-man rush. Exactly. Four-man rush. That was it. And able Four to put rush. a lot of pressure on Brady. And I saw a stat, and maybe it was this morning in Peter King. I forget where else it was, okay? Uh, we know what Mahomes is against the Blitz, but he has actually been markedly worse when he has more time to throw the ball because he doesn't have to make decision or he makes decisions much quicker. And he's actually better in that than as opposed to looking down the field and trying to find guys open. I'm not saying he can't do it, yeah. but there is a marked difference statistically. And right now I regret I don't have that number in front of me, yeah. but it was a big number. A big difference between when he had three seconds or less or more than three seconds to work with, he was having more trouble when he had more time to think about it or more time to try to find something. Yeah, it, it's And I really, know that sounds counterintuitive. No, it, it does, but I think his record is three and five when, he, when he holds yes. the ball for three seconds or more from snap to throw. Was that Peter King, That I think? was Peter yeah. King. Yeah. And, and, when he, and when he doesn't, when he throws it in less than three seconds, I think his record is like 42 and 16 or yeah. something like that. Yeah, so yeah. He's, he's a remarkably better quarterback when he throws the ball on time, which is what's going to be the challenge for the Philadelphia Eagles. Their secondary, their coverage is going to have to find ways to disrupt. But the one thing I will also say, Carlin, the area that the Chiefs' defense has to get better at, if they're going to try to slow down this offense for the Eagles, quarterback runs. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, Joe Burrow had a field day running the football. Four carries for 30 yards. Two of those were big first-down conversions. If you're letting Joe Burrow do that, imagine what Jalen Hurts can do. Kansas City's going night-night. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Sorry. Carlin, I will, say, I, I, I will say this. You know I'm not wrong. I, I will say this. Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs yesterday, the only team to win a conference championship game with 42 yards rushing. The lowest mm-hmm. total amount of well, rushing yards. Well, they gave up on running the ball. Let's the, be the clear. Lowest, the <laughs> lowest rushing total ever for a winner in a conference championship game. I know, because I took Pacheco at the over. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. We had a top five, you know. You know that means. We got to have a bottom five. And Mr. Optimism himself, Chris Canty, Let's go. is going to tell you what the bottom five Let's is. Go. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, 
doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. If there's a top five, there's got to be a bottom five. (laughs) And usually it's me telling you the bottom five. No, 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 no. Tonight... It is Mr. Positive delivering the negative news. Which teams were great? tackle at the 15-10-5. Touchdown! What player was not? Does he hang on? Intercepted! He couldn't hang on! This is the NFL Top 5, Bottom 5. Here's Canty with the Bottom 5. Number 5. All right, Carlin, let's kick things off at the link. And you would think that I'm going to start with the players or the coaches. No, 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 no. We're going to go with John Hussey, Walt Anderson, and Jamie Nicholson. Who are those people? I'm going to tell you who. The ref in the Eagles game and the two replay assist officials at the NFL League office. You know, the bunch that botched a huge call at the beginning of the NFC Championship game. Fourth and three for the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts connects with Devontae Smith for a 29-yard completion that, upon further review, was clearly not a catch. It was clearly trapped by Devontae. But Kyle Shanahan didn't have time to challenge it, and we're supposed to have this Hawkeye system for instant replay review. Turns out that they couldn't catch the camera angles from the Fox film crew to be able to overturn that call in real time. Shout out to Devontae Smith and Nick Sirianni for having the signal to the rest of the players on the field that we needed to hurry up and go for it because it wasn't a catch. But in that situation, the NFL has got to find a way to get that call right. That was a huge gaffe, but not the only gaffe from that crew in that game. Number four. Kyle Shanahan quite possibly had the biggest gaffe in the NFC Championship (laughs) game because he asked Tyler Croft, and many of you may not know who Tyler Croft is, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Former Rutgers great tight end. There you go. The backup tight end for the San Francisco 49ers to block Hassan Reddick, the leading sack guy for the Philadelphia Eagles, in one-on-one pass protection. Now, Hassan Reddick finished second in the NFL in sacks behind Nicky Bosa this year. So asking a backup tight end to block him one-on-one is a pretty good way to get your quarterback killed. And that's exactly what happened. Because Brock Purdy ends up suffering a torn UCL, and he's knocked out from the rest of the game. Not to mention, that ended up being a sack fumble upon further review, recovered by Linville Joseph and going the other way for the Philadelphia Eagles. Carlin... Kyle Shanahan is guilty of something that we see coaches do in big spots sometimes, which is get too cute. And that cost him an opportunity to make it a competitive game in the NFC Championship game. As a matter of fact, Kyle Shanahan was more responsible for the Eagles dominating that game than the officials were. And that's saying a lot. That is saying something. Because the Eagles had seven first downs via penalties. As a matter of fact, Carlin, the Eagles (laughs) were assisted by 49ers penalties on four of their five scoring drives. And the one that they didn't get assisted by, the officials blew the call with Devontae Smith. Moving on. Number three. Ron Torbert, another official great, (laughs) gifting the Kansas City Chiefs. Not one, not two, not three, not four, but five extra plays on their first drive in the fourth quarter in the AFC Championship game. Third and nine from the Kansas City 34. I think it was 13 and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Incomplete pass that eventually doesn't count because the back judge comes running in right before the snap and tries to blow the play dead due to a clock issue. Now, the clock issue was found to be as a result 
of a mistake made by Ron Torbert himself, but that's neither here nor there, Carlin. The next step, it was a sack that ends up getting nullified because of a defensive penalty by Eli Apple, which creates a fresh set of downs. The drive ends in a punt, so no harm, no foul. But essentially, they gave the Kansas City Chiefs five extra plays on a drive that should have gone three and out. Unbelievable. Number two. Burrowhead my ass. <laughs> Famous words from Travis Kelsey as he photobombs, or do you call it video bombs? Yes. Pat Mahomes <laughs> in his interview with Tracy Wolfson after the game. But, Carlin, the guy that coined the phrase Burrowhead, nickel corner Mike Hilton for the Cincinnati Bengals, Wolf. not a great day at the office for him. Mike Hilton had the worst coverage grade of any Cincinnati Bengals defender. He gave up eight catches on nine targets into his coverage, 133 yards, one touchdown, and a 155.8 passer rating to go along with one DPI penalty late in the fourth quarter. A day to forget. So just when you decide you want to tempt fate against a team that's hosted five consecutive conference championship games and you're a DB going up against Pat Mahomes, do yourself a favor. Just don't. Number one. Okay, Carlin, I hated to do it, but I had to do it. Joseph aside, a linebacker, defensive end from the Cincinnati Bengals. His clear late hit on Pat Mahomes out of bounds with eight seconds left in a 2020 game that got him a 15-yard flag and advanced the ball from the Bengals' 42-yard line to the 27-yard line, made it a chip-shot field goal for Harrison Bucker. It went from having to be a 60-yard field goal try to a 45-yard field goal try. And, Carlin, you got to keep this in mind. The Chiefs were out of timeouts. They were out of timeouts. They had to take a bad timeout early in the third quarter. They ended up being short on timeouts down the stretch in that game. There was a good chance that if Joseph Asai doesn't have that penalty, that it probably goes into overtime. But because of that penalty, it puts it in the gimme range for Harrison Bucker and ultimately allows the Chiefs to punch their ticket to the Super Bowl I hate it for the kid. He's got a bright future in front of him. He had a hell of a game yesterday outside of that moment. Just a really, really tough break. Shout out to B.J. Hill, his teammate, defensive tackle, that stood there with him at his locker while Osai answered questions to the media and tried to protect him. Shout out to him. Jermaine Pratt, take notes from B.J. Hill. Don't be that guy that gets on the young kid when he makes a big mistake like that. Good call. Good call. That's my bottom five. Any glaring omissions, anything that not, you want to push back on, what we got? Not glaring if there were a couple of honorable mentions that didn't get a lot of attention. Okay. Number one, Drew Chrisman, the punter for Cincinnati, late in the game, punts it straight down the middle of the field to give Sky Moore a chance at a good return. That also was a big part of getting them into field goal range. And uh, you outkicked your coverage. You didn't give you guys a chance at that point, to cover the kick. So that's just that's just killer. That's that's Matt Dodge material. Ugh, Matt yeah. Dodge. That, that's so. Which one was worse, the punter or Joseph Asai's penalty? Oh, Asai's penalty is much worse. Okay, much worse because you just you have to know in that situation that you can't do it. And Mahomes did have two feet out of bounds on the white. Yes, before he was contacted. I mean, that's why it's why it's doubly worse. It's the quarterback and. It's out of bounds. But I will say this. What makes Zach Taylor a good coach is what he told Joseph Asai. This game did not come down to that one play. There was a whole litany of plays that we did not make. 
yep. which caused us to be in that situation. There was so keep your head up. And I love when a head coach does that because it would have been easy to bury the kid, and he didn't. There was one other little one when I think, I believe it was Valdez Scandling, when he reached the ball out to get mm-hmm. the first down and they reviewed it. Yeah. Here's the problem. When you reach it out and pull it back and you do that in the field of play, you can't do that. You can't reach it out so you don't get credit for that extra yard when you pull it back. You can do that when you try to score a touchdown. Yeah, because you got to break the plane. But did you see how they're trying to hide behind the ambiguity of, yes. well, somebody was pulling him back. That's correct. So it's okay. But no. that's what they're saying as the they explanation. They can say that. His arm was pulled back yeah. by him. Oh, the other one, <laughs> uh, honorable mention, Andrew Wiley. Don't be a dumbass in showboat <laughs> and get a 15-yard taunting penalty because you want to show off in front of Sam Hubbard. That's another one that we can throw in there as honorable mention. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, what do we do? We like to make people money. So we will do that next. Play of the night on the way. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another good weekend with our picks. Hello. 2-0. and oh. Yes, sir. And the ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge. We are 8-3-1 and one in the postseason. Tied now for first place with Fitz and Harry, who inexplicably went with the 49ers and the Bengals. Are they, shocked are they just trying to make it interesting? Like, I don't do know. they tank championship weekend just to, to make it a log jam? When we go into the Super Bowl? Because uh, now we've got a three-way tie for first. Yeah. Freddie, Freddie and Fitz are the other one, Freddie yeah. and Fitzsimmons. So, uh, question now is, we're going to have to, like, I'm sure we're going to have to, the tiebreaker is going to be, like, total the, or the something total like points. that. total points. Yeah, it has to be total yeah. points. Yeah. So, we got a chance to win it, but we did nail the games this weekend without much of a problem. Yeah, we haven't lost the last two weeks. No, yeah. absolutely. It was 6-0 and oh in a row. Yeah, That's there how we go. it goes. That's what we do. Time to earn some cash. The taste of money, the smell of wealth. Canty and Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money. If Canty makes it over Brooklyn in the next half hour, he will start at center for the Lakers tonight. <laughs> <laughs> because nobody, uh, no, I'm sorry, Thomas Bryant's playing. You'll Thomas start at power forward. Power forward, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but nobody is playing for the Lakers tonight. Uh, they are visiting the Nets. The Nets are nine-point favorites. Uh, Canty, we will lay the nine. Of course we will. You are very high on the under in this game at 231. Yeah, I just don't see how the Lakers are going to score points, but that's just me. Right. 
So we have the Nets minus nine, the under at 231, and then Nick Claxton, who, as you just pointed out, leads the league in blocks. Yes. Uh, over under 11.5 rebounds. We're going to go over 11.5 rebounds. Love it. Okay, so that's Nets minus nine, under 231. Nick Claxton over 11 rebounds. That is at plus 423. Get your money. Plus 423. Sometimes it's the worst. Worst. Sometimes it's the best. Best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out. Speaking of the Lakers, how about Friday night and LeBron? Oh, don't remind me of that nonsense. Wow. Listen, he's not wrong. That was that was, oh, it was brutal. A foul. It was a foul. But come, was... But, but come on, LeBron. Do, do we need you trying to get an Academy Award pleading your case <laughs> to the officials? How ridiculous was that? He took it pretty hard. He was on bended knee. Then he got down on both knees. Then he had his his head head in his hands. Like I just don't understand why we can't. Why do we need all of that drama, especially Carlin, with the fact that you can go in the overtime? You can win it in overtime. But the best part, the best part is Pat Bev grabbing somebody's camera and bringing it over to the official. Yeah, he earned that technical, didn't he? That (laughs) might be the most epic technical. He knew he was getting it. Of course he did. (laughs) But it was clearly a foul. It was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you got the the uh, the players' union coming out making a statement about the foul on LeBron James. I didn't know LeBron had that much juice where the MBPA felt like they had to release a statement because it was so egregious. But, I mean, Pat Bev in that situation, when you don't think it's possible that somebody could steal the spotlight from LeBron and make it about them – Leave it to Pat Bev. Why don't you Clearly email, you don't know Pat Bev. Pat Bev, why don't you email him a couple of thumbnails after the game, too, while you're right, at it? Right, I'm telling you. That was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, the Mahomes family celebration after the game. you got to love Pat Mahomes Sr., who was a pitcher in Major League Baseball for a long time, uh, sparking up the cigar in a private suite at Arrowhead Arrowhead, Arrowhead not, Stadium. Not Burrowhead Stadium. Not Burrowhead. And he said... I'm smoking on the Joe Burrow. <laughs> wow. That's funny. That Boy, they all funny. felt a way about Burrowhead and, and Joey B getting all the love going into that game. Well, that's what happens when you do all of that chirping. But, Carlin, for all that being said, you're talking about all four matchups being decided by three points. This rivalry ain't going away. It might no. be the best rivalry in the NFL. Oh, now. no, it is. Yeah. I think it is right now. Yeah. I, absolutely. These two teams do not like each other, and it's pretty awesome. Well, the thing about the stakes Yep. when these two teams lock horns. It, it's been pretty awesome to watch. Uh, Canty, uh, Giants rookie defensive end Kayvon Thibodeau getting after it on Twitter. He started it by saying after the 49ers game, looks like we were actually better than the 49ers which Joe Staley did not take well, and Staley started chirping back at him. And it got to the point where they're going back and forth. Michael Strahan jumped in to protect Thibodeau in all of it. Did he try to protect Lawrence Tynes, too? Lawrence Tynes? Yes, my kicker. Lawrence, why is Lawrence Tynes getting in the mix? I don't understand. Why are you the third man in? Yeah, I, I don't understand it. I don't get that part of it. But but here's the thing, and I and I get it. You get on social media, you start chirping a little bit. This is when you probably shouldn't press in, like Herm Edwards always says, because there's no world in which the New York Giants were on par with the San Francisco 49ers. You just weren't. The 49ers lost their starting quarterback 
in the first series of the game. So stop yourself. And Kayvon Thibodeau, just relax. Joe Staley's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's going to be wearing a gold jacket. Michael Strahan's got a gold jacket already. You're trying to work to get a gold jacket. And quite frankly, if you're a top five pick and you don't get a gold jacket, pretty sure you could say your career was a disappointment. Yeah, I think that's a fair assumption. It's a little early, Kayvon, to be mixing it up with other veterans around the league, especially a Hall of Famer. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.